0: get you a book this morning, The Wonderful Grace of Jesus. 291. Everyone get you a book and around and shake hands we'll do that third verse in just a minute Grace of Jesus reaching the most divine by its transforming.
1: seated let's let our ushers come forward to receive our offering and if you are visiting with us today we appreciate so much if you take just a moment to fill out a visitor's card and if you were given a bulletin as you come in this morning there's a little card in there you can tear out or if not there's visitors cards located in the back of the pews and we'd like to send you some information this week about the church but we appreciate all of you that are visiting with us let me quickly just remind you of a couple of things tonight in the evening service we'll be observing the Lord's Supper and that is always a very special time. We do that every fifth Sunday night, so you don't want to forget tonight as we uh, honor the Lord and remember the Lord and what he's done for us through communion. Also, just a quick note, Alan Hedrick needs to meet with all the parents of the junior high youth after the service this morning in the Watts class for about five minutes. Again, all the parents of the junior high youth meet in the Watts class for about five minutes. Brother Buddy, Woody wants to come and has an announcement to make to you. and I'm going to ask him to come. And then, Buddy, you just ask God's blessings on the offering when you're through.
2: How many of you have never been to a pig picking? Never been there? Boy, we need you. Next Saturday, May the 6th, on Lookout Mountain at the uh, Cloudland Canyon, at the Pavilion there, we're going to have a pig picking. Now, what? Fellas, do go up. and They cook all night Friday night. John's our chief cook back there, and uh, he's going to be working on these hams. We chop them up. Listen, we're going to have entertainment. Ronnie's going to be singing. The quartet's going to be singing. You going to sing, Kim? Anybody else that wants to sing? We're going. We're going to have a good time. And so, listen, door prizes galore. We got. We got door prizes that's, that's going to be worth more than what you pay for the ticket real good door prizes and so you want to be there for that and uh, the price $6 and you can't get a good, I mean boy it's there plenty of barbecue, $6 $3 for the kids and so we want to see you we want to be there, listen plan plan that day out at 11 o'clock we'll are gonna start with the entertainment, Darren's going to be there and uh, Darren you want to stand up but listen, we, we need you. We really do. This is a this is a uh, uh, for our mission mission funds. We have it every year. It's an annual thing, and so we, we need you to be there. Listen, you'll enjoy it, and uh, hope it's a good day. And uh, you come out and bring the family, bring friends. You don't. Uh, Tommy, stand up. Janice, stand up. Get your tickets. Stand up. They might not know who you are. Get the tickets from Janice or Tommy. And so, be sure and see them. That'll help us get the hams paid for. And you come out and you'll, you'll enjoy it. I'll give, if you don't, we'll give you money back. How's that? Guaranteed. Okay, let's ask the blessing on the offering. Father, thank you for today and all your goodness. Pray you'll bless the offering now and may it glorify you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.
0: Really?
3: Even on that mountain, his loving presence makes me strong. Each and every morning of each and
4: every day, I wanna sing and shout, won't let the rocks cry out. I'll give you all the praise we're gonna sing.
3: Sold step time! Fulfilling. Oh, the signs of the time, they're
0: appearing
3: everywhere, I can almost hear the Father's midnight cry.
4: And when I cry, Wait. Wait.
3: I'm So ashamed, I turned to walk away, but he reached out his hand and said, I have something to show you. What I saw changed my life that day. I saw his car, no, he did he said, come, look inside them. They're a window to my heart. And don't forget I love you just the way you are. I knew it must be true. I saw him so smooth. I said, Lord, my scars are deep. see them. So many of them were caused by things I chose to do. And he said, look again at the ones that I am wearing. Don't you know I chose these scars too. And I saw his scars No, he didn't try to hide them. He said, come and look inside them. They're a window to my heart. And don't forget I love you just the way you are. I knew it must be true. I saw his scars. One day in heaven, When we're all on our knees, we'll look up to Jesus, and I believe we'll see. We'll see his scars, no we will not try to hide them, we'll say come and look inside them, they're a window to my heart. And don't forget I love you just the way you are. We'll know that it's true. We'll see his scars. We'll see his scars. No, he will not try to hide them. He'll say, come and look inside them. There are windows. Can I love you just the way you are? Oh, and we'll know that it's true because He died for me and for you. Oh, and we'll know that it's true. We'll see him scars.
1: Let's open our Bible to the book of Proverbs chapter 11 and also chapter 18. The book of Proverbs 11 and Proverbs 18. Someone has said, The only thing in heaven made by man are the scars in the hands of Jesus. Great song. Let me just uh, say thanks to Kim today. I appreciate Kim filling in for Rick. Rick is out in town with his band today. They had their annual trip. He's I think he's in Washington, D.C. or somewhere like that. But Kim always does a good job filling in, doesn't he? Amen. We appreciate Kim and uh, we thank the Lord for his family. I would also echo what Brother Buddy said about the pig picking. Many of you are new, you'd really enjoy this. It's it's a wonderful day of fellowship. It's just a great time and and I would encourage all of you to go to it. And the food is always good, and so uh, be sure to go. You'll enjoy it. Deacons meet us at 610 back in the believer's class to prepare for the Lord's Supper. Let's stand as we honor the reading of His Word. As you know, for the past several weeks, I have been sharing with you some thoughts from Proverbs that I am calling good things of Proverbs. For there are many things in the book of Proverbs that are called good. And kind of a theme verse has been chapter 11 verse 23 where the proverb said the desire of the righteous is only good but the expectation of the wicked is wrath. It's like Solomon is saying the proverb is telling us that a righteous person desires that which is good. And you'll also find as you go through the scripture that he talks about in Proverbs, some of the good things. We've looked at some of those, such as a good man. We thought about a good name, thought about a good path. Last Sunday morning, we thought about good news. I'm gonna bring you one more in this series today, and that's found in chapter 18, and it's called a good thing. Now, there are many other good things. I think there's about 10 of them talks about a good doctrine. Talks about a good understanding, a good report. The good report, the same word for good news. There are several more, but I'm just going to uh, bring these five, concluding with this one today. Proverbs chapter 18, notice verse 22. Here's another good thing. It is a good thing found in Proverbs. The Bible said in Proverbs 18, that whoso findeth a wife findeth a good Thing. Now, women, Solomon is not calling you a thing. He's saying that if you have a wife and findeth a wife, it is a good thing. There's something good about it, and we'll try to point that out in a moment. But he said, whoso findeth a wife findeth a good thing and obtaineth favor of the Lord. Thank you. You may be seated. Let's pray, and then today we're going to think about this good thing. We've been looking at good things. Well, here is a good thing and it has to do with marriage. Let's pray and we'll share with you a few things from God's Word. Father, today in Jesus' name, our hearts have been blessed and our hearts have been warmed through the good music this morning. And we do give you thanks for the many, many wonderful things you've done. You are good to us, and we give you praise and honor and glory. Thank you for the scars, for the wounds that are and in your hands to represent the price that you paid that we might be saved. Now, blessed Spirit of God, I pray now you touch our hearts today and bless the Word of God, and as we continue gleaning from the Proverbs, help us to glean truth today that will benefit every husband, benefit every wife, benefit every marriage. So open the Word of God to us. Help us to understand what is being said in the Word And we'll thank you and praise you for it. in Jesus' name we pray, amen. I read about a Christian retreat for couples. And in one of the sessions, uh, the couples were giving testimonies concerning their marriage. One lady got up and said, the Bible says, and the Bible promises, that no good thing will the Lord withhold from them that walk uprightly. Then she said, my husband is one of those no good things. Well, can I get an amen right there? As I said, we've been thinking about good things. Proverbs talks about good things. It talks about how that the righteous desire good things. Proverbs chapter 11 in verse 23. Proverbs 11 verse 27, you'll notice what he had to say about the matter of good. He that diligently seeketh good procureth favor. He tells us that someone that seeks good, he said in verse 23, that a righteous will desire that which is good, but in verse 27, the person that seeks good will procure favor. That is, they'll be blessed of the Lord. And so we've been trying to learn some of the good things that we ought to seek. If it is right to seek that which is good, then we want to know what is good and what we should seek. Again, we've thought about a good man, that a righteous person will desire to be a good man, thought about a good name a righteous person will desire a good name a righteous person will desire a good path and even the good news that comes from a far country but in our proverb today in Proverbs chapter 18 it tells us that he that findeth a wife findeth a good thing he's talking about a blessing that comes in life through finding a wife now when I think about the matter of finding a mate whether it be a wife or a husband some of you may feel like the man that went to the opera to hear a famous opera singer and when she came out on the stage his her beauty just overwhelmed the fella he thought that is the most beautiful woman that i have ever seen her hair is so beautiful it's like silk her eyes they sparkle like diamonds Her teeth are as white as pearls and her skin is so lovely. He thought to himself, I have never in all of my life seen anybody as beautiful as that woman. Then she began to sing and oh, he said, my, I have never heard anybody with as beautiful of a voice as her. It was love at first sight and first sound. Well, to make a long story short, as soon as the opera was over, he went backstage and met the famous opera singer. They fell in love, and in a few weeks, they were married. It was on their wedding night, and she's getting ready for bed, and she reached up and took off her hair. He was watching, and that long, beautiful, long-flowing, wavy, beautiful hair was a wig. About that time, she popped out a glass eye, took out her false teeth, and then finally took off her makeup, revealing a pale, blotchy skin. And he was sitting there watching the whole thing and thinking. In a few minutes, he finally looked at her and said, Sing, honey, sing. Hey, Amen? <laughs> Some of you may feel like you got shortchanged. A couple of fellas were talking, and one said, I got a brand new beagle for my wife today. The other fella said, I wish I could make a trade like that. Well... <laughs> He that findeth a wife findeth a good thing. One of the things about proverbs, uh, proverbs written by Solomon, most of it by Solomon, you'll find that it has a lot to say about a wife, and it has a lot to say about a woman. Now you would think Solomon, having seven hundred wives and three hundred concubines, had learned a little bit about women. For example, look in chapter twenty-one. You find some interesting things that he said about a woman. Proverbs 21, notice verse 9. He said, it is better to dwell in the corner of a housetop than with a brawling woman in a wide house. I'd call that an experienced man, wouldn't you? But he got to thinking about it just a little bit. He thought about sitting in the corner of a housetop. Look down in verse 15 to what he said. He said, rather not, verse 15, Proverbs, look at verse 19. He said, it is better to dwell in the wilderness than with a contentious and an angry woman. He thought, man, it's a lot better just get away than just sat around on the rooftop, amen. Chapter 27, verse 15, another interesting statement that he had to say about a woman. Proverbs 27, verse 15, he said, a continual dropping and a very rainy day and a contentious woman are alike. I would say that man had learned a little bit about women. can I get an amen, fellas? <laughs> well, in all fairness and in all seriousness, he says some wonderful things about a wife. For example, look in chapter 12 and notice verse 4. Chapter 12 and verse 4, he said that a virtuous woman is a crown to her husband. He states that a good wife, a virtuous woman is a wonderful, wonderful treasure to a man. Chapter 31, verse 10, you are familiar with this. It is a chapter that talks about a mother and a virtuous woman. He said in Proverbs 31, verse 10, Who can find a virtuous woman for her price is far above rubies? Solomon speaks about a woman, he speaks about a wife as being a crown to her husband. He speaks about a woman and being a wife as being far more valuable than rubies or precious stones. He's talking about a priceless treasure in a wife or in a woman. It is no wonder that he said, he that findeth a wife findeth a good thing. He's talking about a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful treasure. Well, in the Proverbs, in Proverbs 18, verse 22, when he talks about finding a wife, in essence what he's talking about is the wonderful relationship that is called marriage. He that findeth a wife findeth a good thing. What he's talking about is the relationship that exists between a man and a woman, a relationship of a husband and a wife. And he describes that as being a good thing. Well, as I look in Proverbs chapter 18, as I've tried to think about this week, I found there are are several wonderful lessons to be gleaned from this proverb about this relationship that we call marriage. I want to point out three of them this morning, and I give them to you briefly. The first one that I see as I look at the proverb is how marriage should be seen. How should we see marriage? How should we view marriage? What should our opinion of marriage be? Again, he said that whoso findeth a wife findeth a good thing. Solomon is saying that a wife is a good thing or that the marriage relationship is a good thing. He's speaking about marriage as being something that is good. How should we see marriage? How should we view marriage? We should look at it as something that is good. We should look at it as something that as Solomon would say, is a good thing. Now I think about in the very beginning the first man and first woman, the first husband and wife. It is interesting that when God created man, that of all the things that God created, he's looked at the stars and everything that he created day by day. At the close of the day God said, and it was good. And some things are described as very good. But the only thing in God's creation that was not good or declared not good was the fact that man was alone. You remember Genesis chapter 2, verse 18? The Bible said it was not good for man to be alone. That would imply that marriage is good. If it was not good for man to be alone, alone, then it was good for man to have a companion. The ideal is that marriage is a good thing. Now, why is marriage a good thing? Solomon speaks about it as being a good thing. Well, why is it a good thing? I want you to turn to Genesis 2. Hold your place and let's go back to the first marriage And I want us to notice from the first marriage there and try to glean a couple of things about why marriage is a good thing. Look in Genesis chapter 2. And first of all, let me say that marriage is good because of what it fulfills marriage is good because of what it fulfills in genesis 2 you have the first marriage you have the first man and woman the first husband and wife and you have the first marriage there and you find god putting them together but you find in genesis chapter 2 that god has created all the earth and he's inhabited the earth with animals and different things like that he has created man Woman has not been created at this point, but man has been created. And the Bible tells us that Adam is all alone. You see, God had given Adam the responsibility of naming all the animals. And as he did so, something happened in the heart of Adam. Adam, he saw there was a Mr. Horse and a Mrs. Horse. He saw there was a Mr. Dog and a Mrs. Dog. He saw there was a Mr. Fish and a Mrs. Fish. But he realized there was no Mrs. Adam. Someone said that God created two voids in the heart of every man, two voids that can only be fulfilled and filled by a heavenly father and by an earthly female. There are two voids in the heart of every man, a void that can only be filled by his creator and by a companion. Adam realized that he didn't have a companion. Adam realized that everything God had created, every living creature had a companion, but he did not have a companion. And suddenly the need for a companion and the desire for a companion came to the surface. And God responded to that need and responded to that desire by saying, I will make a help meet for him. You might say this morning that in the heart of every person, there is a need for companionship in the heart of every individual there is a desire for companionship At the early years of our life it's what develops friendships we desire Friendships, We desire companionship. We desire to be around people and do things with people and whatever. It is a desire put there by God. And as the years pass by, that desire and need intensifies and man longs for a companion to share his life with and a woman longs for a companion to share their life with. You see, marriage is good because it was designed by God to meet that need in our life. Marriage is good because it was designed by God to meet that desire in our life. We have a longing in our heart. We want a companion to share our life with. And marriage was created and designed and developed by God to meet that desire. It fulfills that need, it fulfills that desire. Marriage is a good thing because of what it fulfills. Second of all, marriage is a good thing because of what it forms. You see, marriage not only provides a mate but it also produces a union. Look in Genesis 2. Notice beginning in verse 22 how God described marriage. The Bible said, And the real which the Lord God had taken from man made he a woman and brought her unto the man. And Adam said, This is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh, and she shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. Therefore shall a man leave his father and mother, shall cleave unto his wife, and they shall be one flesh. You see, marriage produces a very special union. Marriage is good because it produces a very significant union. Marriage is a good thing because it produces a very sacred union between two people. Here is a man, here is a a woman, and they become husband-wife, and the union they experience and the union that they find or that is formed in marriage is, God said, they become one flesh. You see, marriage is a good thing because it meets a need in our lives. Marriage is a good thing because it produces this very, very special union where two human beings become one. Look in Genesis 5 and notice verse 2. This is something interesting that I saw this week. I'd never noticed this before. But in Genesis 5 and verse 2, notice how God described Adam and Eve. The Bible said male and female created he them and blessed them and called their name Adam. Here is a man that is created by God. Here is a woman that is created by God. God blessed them and he called their name Adam. In the very beginning of time, the woman began to share the name of her husband. But it was much more than a woman sharing the husband's name, but it's how God viewed them. You see, God had brought them into this very special union. And God had brought them into a very significant union. And God had brought them into a sacred union whereby they became one flesh. And when God viewed them, he not only saw Adam and not only saw Eve as two individuals, but he saw them as one. Their name was called Adam. You see, marriage is a good thing. It's good because of what it fulfills in our life. It is good because of what it forms in our life, this very, very special union. Now, how should you look at marriage? How should you view marriage in a day in which the traditional family is being criticized and torn down? When we think about marriage, how should we view it? We should view it as a good thing. But let me point out something else from the proverb. Not only how marriage should be seen, but second of all, how marriage should be sought. Notice again the proverb in Proverbs chapter 18. The Bible said, Whoso findeth a wife findeth a good thing. I'll put brackets around the word findeth for just a moment. Whoso findeth a wife findeth a good thing. That is a very interesting word that is used here in the proverb. It is a very, very enlightening word. The word literally means or describes something that has properly come into existence. It describes that, it speaks of that which is properly come forth. It is describing something that has been achieved through proper means, something that has come to pass, something that has been acquired through proper procedures. In other words, he's talking about finding a wife, but a wife that has been found through proper procedures. A wife that has been acquired or a wife, a marriage that has been achieved through proper means, through proper procedures. And, of course, he's talking about how the the wife has been found through God-appointed procedures, you might call them, with the Romans at a love point by the name of Ovid. And Ovid wrote a massive work on the mythology of love. And one of the stories that was very popular in those days was a story that Ovid told about a sculptor who believed there was no woman perfect enough for him to be worthy of or, or no woman perfect enough to be worthy of his interest. So what he did, he carved a magnificent female statue out of ivory of what he thought was the perfect woman. And when he carved the statue out, he fell in love with the statue and he began to pray to the goddess Venus that Venus would bring a, him a wife or a woman similar to the image that he had created in ivory. And the legend goes that when he returned home and kissed the statue hallowed, that she responded to him, she came to life, and they were later on married. But I want to say to you today that when it comes to the perfect wife or the perfect mate, the perfect wife or husband, the perfect mate is not formed. The perfect mate is found. And the perfect mate for you and the perfect mate for me is found through proper procedures. It is found by observing certain rules and certain principles that are laid down in the Word of God. How do you find the right person? I talked for just a moment to you single folk. How do you find the right person for your life? How do you find the right wife? How do you find the right husband? Well, go back again to Genesis 2 and once again look at the first marriage. In the book of Genesis, notice chapter 2 and verse 22, and you see, first of all, a mate chosen by the Lord. Genesis 2 and verse 22, the Scripture said, "In the rib which the Lord God had taken from man made he a woman and brought her unto man. Now notice that statement there, that he brought her unto man. woman was created by God for Adam, Eve was created by God for Adam and God brought Eve into Adam's life. Would you hold your place and look in Proverbs nineteen fourteen, Giving you a little Bible practice this morning. But I want you to underline these verses and mark them and become familiar with them. But in Proverbs chapter 19, look at verse 14. Proverbs 19, 14. The Bible said, house and riches are the inheritance of fathers, and a prudent wife is what? From the Lord. The Bible said that God created Adam and that or created Eve and he brought Eve unto Adam. And the Proverbs said that a prudent wife is from the Lord. In other words, the perfect mate for you is the mate that God gives to you. It is the mate that God brings into your life. You might say that the perfect person for your life, it is not a matter of coincidence, it is a matter of providence. It's not that just by chance that you met. No, the person that God has for you and the person that God had for me, it was all a doing of God. It is a mate chosen by the Lord. You find, as I said a moment ago, that Adam was alone and God created a wife for him. And God brought that wife to him. It was a mate chosen by the Lord. I love the way that Stephen Olford describes it. He describes how God caused a deep sleep to fall upon Adam. And from the side of Adam he took a rib. He said that Adam slept in the will of God as God prepared a mate for him. You see, the proper procedure for getting a mate or choosing a mate is seeking the will of God. It is letting God bring you together. I love the stories of Agatha Christie. I love mystery stories, and I love to read Agatha Christie's mystery stories. But Agatha Christie was married to an archaeologist, and she one time said that an archaeologist is the best husband a woman can have. The older she gets, the more interested he is in her. But I want to say to you that the best husband or wife that a person can have is the one that God has for you. All of you young people, you single people, listen to me today. There is a mate that God has for you. There is a young man that God chooses and has for you. And there's a young lady that God has for you. And the perfect person for you and the best person for you is the one that is chosen by God. God will bring that person into your life it was a mate chosen by God but also you see that it was a marriage created by God you see because God brought them together he was also responsible for putting them together and the relationship that Adam and Eve experienced and the relationship that Adam and Eve enjoyed was created by God and I say to you this morning that if you let God bring you together Somewhere out there is that very special person for you And if you'll wait on God and you'll look to God and you'll trust God and put it in the hands of God Somewhere somehow God will bring you together And when God brings you together and God puts you together Then you'll have a marriage that is created by God you not only have a mate chosen by god but you'll have a marriage that is created by god so seek the will of god let god bring into your life that person that he's chosen and prepared and planned for you so that you have a marriage that is created by god psalm 127 verse 1 said that except the lord build the house they labor in vain that build it you want to build a good marriage And you want to build a good home and the way to a good relationship and the way to a great relationship and the way to a glorious relationship is let God be the designer and let God be the developer of that marriage. Someone has well said that if you are a child of God and you marry a child of Satan, you can be certain you'll have trouble with your father-in-law. And that is right. You want to start out right. And the way to start out right is by looking to God. And by waiting on God and letting God bring into your life the person that He's chosen for you, he that findeth a wife, he that findeth a wife through proper procedures, he that findeth a mate through God-ordained ways findeth a good thing. So we not only glean from the proverb how marriage should be seen, it is a good thing, but also how marriage should be sought you, Your mate, your marriage is by seeking the person that God has for your life. But look at the third thing that I gleaned from the proverb. Look again in Proverbs 18. Not only how marriage should be seen and how marriage should be sought, but also how marriage should be shared. Look at the latter part of verse 22. Whoso findeth a wife findeth a good thing and obtaineth favor Of the Lord you see if a marriage is achieved by proper procedures he that findeth a wife or he that findeth a mate through proper procedures obtaineth favor of the Lord you see the word favor there there's a word that talks about that which is extremely pleasurable he's telling us that if God if you'll let God bring into your life the person that he has for you and let God not only bring you together but let God put you together then he'll bless that relationship and it'll make it a very pleasurable relationship a little girl had just learned the story of Snow White and the seven dwarfs and she was so excited about it she wanted to tell her mother so she began to tell the story and when she got to the place where the prince kissed Snow White and awakened her from her sleep the little girl said mama do you know what happened then? And the mother being familiar with the story said, and they lived happily ever after. And the girl said, oh, no, 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 they got married. Well, I want to say to you that marriage, that God intended it to be a very, very pleasurable experience. That if, he'll let, if we'll follow proper procedures and let him bring into our life the right person for our life, then he'll bless that relationship and make it a very pleasurable thing. What does he mean? For one thing, he's talking about an enjoyable experience. An enjoyable experience I read somewhere this week that on an average day thirteen thousand five hundred Americans get married every day on an average thirteen thousand five hundred Americans get married and I read that stat and I wondered after they got married how many of them are really happy marriages how many of them really have an enjoyable relationship in that marriage the German poet Henrik Hine bequeathed his entire estate to his widow on one condition that when he died she remarried Why? He said so at least one other man will regret my death. Can I get an amen right there? I think about Abraham Lincoln. I love Abraham Lincoln He's probably one of the most quoted presidents that ever lived But there's one quote that I ran across that he made that really I, I, I don't know where it came from I What little bit of history I've read about Lincoln and whatever there. I think his wife was kind of an overbearing type person and whatever there. Maybe one of those that drove him out on the rooftop. But anyway, Abraham Lincoln one time made the statement that marriage is neither heaven nor hell. It's purgatory. I want to say to you that God didn't intend for your marriage to be a purgatory. That God said, "I want to bring you together, and I want to put you together, and I want you to obtain my favor, so that you have an enjoyable experience in marriage." I read about one love and marriage Gallup study of 657 married couples that was conducted in 1989-1990 for Psychology Today, and they interviewed these couples, and they found that four fifths of those interviewed said they would marry the same person again if they had to do all over. They were asked if you had it to do all over again, would you marry the same person? And four fifths of those interviewed said they would. And I found an interesting stat in that study. They said that over 60% of American couples describe their marriages as very happy. And I thought, that's great. 60% of American couples say their marriages are very happy, but at least 40% that are not very happy in their marriage. But God intended marriage to be a very enjoyable experience. He didn't intend for marriage to be a deadlock. He intended to be a wedlock. And God intended to be a very enjoyable experience in life. In fact, marriage ought to be the most enjoyable experience apart from your relationship to Christ that you have in this world. That's the way God designed it, an enjoyable experience. But he also implies an enriching experience. That marriage ought to be something that is very enriching. I think about a fellow that was at work and one of his co-workers was sharing with him the things that he did for his wife to let her know that uh, he loved her and he was telling about the little things that he did. So this fellow decided, I'm going to do something special for my wife today. So before he left the office, he showered and shaved and put on some expensive uh, cologne and stopped by the flower store and bought this beautiful bouquet of flowers. And when he got home, he walked up and rang the doorbell. And his wife opened the door, and there he stood with that bouquet of flowers. And she said, oh, no, and just started bawling. He said, what's the matter? She said, it's been a terrible day. First, I had to take Billy to the emergency room and get stitches in his leg. Then your mother called, and she's coming for two weeks. And then the washing machine broke down, and now you come home drunk. Amen. Amen. I think about back in February, I laughed. Of course, I was in England on Valentine's Day. And I, Brother Tom, we go on something all the time, whatever, there. And we were, I think on Tuesday, we were making our way up toward Nottingham, which is up in the northern part of England. We're going up to a little bookstore up there. And, and somebody mentioned, today's Valentine's Day. And so uh, Brother Tom said, Oh, Well, I knew I forgot something. I knew I forgot something. I said, surely you didn't forget Valentine's Day. And he said, I knew I forgot something. so I proceeded to tell him what I had done. And I said, before I ever left town, the last thing I did before I left town was I went to the flower store and I ordered my wife 26 roses. 25 of them were red and one was white. And I told him all about it. I put a note on there, and I did. This is what I did. I put a note on there. I said these twenty-five red roses represent the twenty-five wonderful years we've spent together, and I said this one white rose represents the many years I pray that God would give us together. Well, he didn't say anything. We was driving down the road a little ways. He said, "Pull over here. I need to use the phone just a moment." So. Got out of the car, went to the phone booth, and they got back in I said, Tom, who in the world are you calling? He said, You're smart Alec. Like I'm ordering flowers. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. But in most marriages, if we're absolutely honest, it is not an enriching experience. One said many girls marry men just like their fathers. That explains why mothers cry so at weddings. Amen. <laughs> But God talked about obtaining the favor of the Lord. How that marriage was intended by God to be an enriching experience, enriching for the wife, enriching for the husband, not a burden, not a blessing. Look at Proverbs 31.10 again. We looked at it a moment ago, but look at it. Proverbs chapter 31.10. Who can find a virtuous woman for her price is far above rubies? Solomon was saying that a husband that gets this kind of woman has received a valuable treasure, someone that will deeply enrich his life and their family's life. And it could be vice versa. You see, God said, he that findeth a wife, he that obtains a wife through proper procedures, if you wait on God, And let God bring into your life the person that he wants and let God put you together that he'll give you a relationship that can be a very, very enjoyable and a very, very enriching relationship. It's a good thing. He that findeth a wife findeth a good thing. I ask you this morning, would you call your marriage a good thing? Well, I want to say to you today that if not, God can give you a good thing. Good thing by following God that's a whole process in the very beginning finding a wife following God honoring God seeking the will of God serving God putting him first in your life God can give you a wonderful wonderful relationship God can make it a good thing do you believe that let's stand our feet please our heads are bound good things a good man a good name, a good path, good news, even a good thing. He that findeth a wife findeth a good thing. In a moment, we're going to sing. We'll ask you to do, to respond to God and His Word this morning in several ways. One, if you're not a Christian, then first of all, I want to invite you to come to the Lord Jesus. I want you to come to Christ. I want to tell you something. There is someone today that will save you. Someone today that will give you a wonderful life. It talks about obtaining the favor of the Lord and a pleasurable experience that God can give you. I'm going to tell you something. Jesus said, I've come to bring you life and give you life and to give it to you more abundantly. I'm going to tell you something. Jesus can give you a wonderful life and it's only through Jesus Christ. And there may be some in the building today that needs to get up out of their seat and walk down here today and come to God and let the Lord Jesus be your Savior. You've been fighting and struggling with it. Why don't you come today? My wife is here. There are others here, but the bride will be here. And these folks will meet you and they'll take the Bible and show you from the Word of God how you can know. That you're saved that'd be a wonderful thing for you to do today and then across the building as we think about our marriages and think about our relationship some of y'all come today and say dear God could it be that some of our problems is we've left you out and we didn't follow your ways and go down your path and we've been leaving you out of our lives won't you come today and put the Lord first in your home put him first in your life why don't you as young people and I encourage you to seek God and to honor God and to follow God in your life especially especially when it comes to who you will marry seeking God honoring him you may want to come today and thank God that God in his goodness let you find a good wife or find a good mate Just letting God speak to you. You may want to come and just kneel and dedicate your marriage to the Lord. Whatever it is, if you're not saved, come. If you're not living for God, won't you give your life to the Lord today and serve God? Whatever it is, God is leading you to become a part of our church. I invite you to come. Get Get up out of your seat and come and take a seat on the front row. We'll get the information we need from you. Do so today. Father, in Jesus' name. I thank you today for the gifts of God. I thank you for the good things. Father, I pray that we will all be as the righteous that will desire that which is good, that we'll all desire to be a good person, that will desire a good name, that will desire good paths, that will desire good news, and will even desire good homes and good marriages. Father, life does not have to be a burden because of marriage. Lord, let us obtain the favor of the Lord. Make our homes and our relationships very, very special. Father, you told us if we follow proper means and even afterwards if we follow you and serve you that we will obtain your favor, that you'll make it a very enjoyable, a very, very enriching experience. So cross the building today, work in our hearts. We'll thank you for what you do in Jesus' name. Amen.